Good evening, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow the podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you have yet to do so already, be sure to follow and subscribe on your favorite platform of choice, including Google, Apple, Spotify, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's episode, we're going to change it up a little bit and cover some broader NHL news because Winnipeg doesn't have too much new. What is new, though, is that the Vegas Golden Knights have actually fired their head coach, Gerard Gallant. Vegas, who had lost four in a row, uh, were actually bounced out of the playoff spots um, on account of the Jets having, I think, more games in hand. And I think Winnipeg owns a tiebreaker from their games against the Knights earlier this year. Kind of funny that uh, a Jets team that's playing as poorly as Winnipeg is actually ended up pushing the Knights temporarily out of a wildcard spot. What's a little surprising, though, is that Vegas even considered this move in the first place. Let's consider at a very base level, where exactly is Vegas in the standings? And quite surprisingly, they are fifth in the Pacific Division. That may sound kind of bad, but what's even more surprising is that Vegas is only three points off of the first place spot for the Pacific Division lead. So when you really think about it, the Vegas Golden Knights being out of the playoff spot really doesn't mean all that much because... Uh, All of the top five teams in the division are all separated by a mere three points. Most of them have played at least 47 or 48 games, so it's not like Vegas has played that much more than everyone else, and it pretty much keeps everyone on level pegging. Um, The the closest team to Vegas below them is San Jose at 46 points, while Vegas is sitting uh, tied with Vancouver with 54 points. So when you think about it, um, and to put it into perspective, the difference between the first and fifth place is a whole regulation win and a shootout or overtime loss, which is kind of nuts that Gerard Gallant is considered part of this problem. In my mind, I think the Vegas Knights have actually been a very good team. When I've gotten the chance to watch them this season, which, you know, admittedly has been on limited samples, but basically they've looked the same as they have when they've made the playoffs on, you know, virtually every year. Um, they've only been around for a couple of seasons, and I think that Gerard Gallant is a very good coach for the way that that team needs to play. While Vegas's defense is a little suspect in some areas, overall their forward talent continues to produce very strong results. Um, they're one of the top five expected goal teams. They're one of the top five uh, Corsi 4 teams, which means that they tend to generate a lot of offense, and it's usually from good areas. Um, and they are a very potent offense when they're flowing. They have a nice countering, counter and trap style, uh, but they can also create a ton of offensive zone pressure with some really smart distribution, uh, scoring opportunities from the slot area, and they can create a lot of pre-shot movement, which tends to give a lot of teams absolute fits. The way that Vegas plays is exactly, in my opinion, how the Jets should play. I think that the Knights have, you know, they have a better defense and, and a couple of other things going for them. But the one thing that the Knights don't have is is really good goaltending. This season, Marc-Andre Fleury is rocking like a 909, I believe. And Malcolm Subban is at an 895 or something like that. So, uh this is probably costing Vegas a lot more wins than they, you know, maybe management realizes. And the goaltending is kind of, it's always one of the things that gets coaches fired. Uh, A poor goalie can usually be associated with a coach firing not too long into the season. It'll probably continue to happen as time goes on, but I think the biggest thing is that, you know, LaViolette got fired out of Nashville with poor goaltending, but in my opinion, I think LaViolette kind of ran out his tenure with the Preds. I don't really think that that's the case with, with Gallant and the Knights. 
I'm not really sure why they felt that he was underperforming. I mean, yeah, okay, they go on a four-game losing streak, but teams have this happen all the time. The season is 82 games, and in that season sample, you're, you're going to have a lot of variance, and I feel like Vegas got a little bit reactionary on a very short-term slump that's more on bad luck and bad goaltending than it was the Knights playing poorly. They play fast, exciting, pacey, skilled hockey. They get contributions all up and down their lineup, and I think that they have very good balance across all four lines. Their special teams are also very dangerous, and I think you can rely on guys like Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, William Carlson, Jonathan Marcheseau, Riley Smith. That's a fantastic forward unit and a ton of dangerous, underrated skill. So I, I'm just not sure why Vegas pulls this move out basically out of nowhere, unless there's you know some kind of skeleton hiding in the closet. I, I just don't see it. But then they hire Pete DeBoer in his place, which to me, I... I don't really understand. Pete DeBoer just got fired from San Jose not too long ago. Um, the Sharks are straight up a bad team. Like, they, even without DeBoer, they've been kind of miserable. So, you know, is DeBoer at fault? I don't know. I think Pete is a pretty average NHL coach. I feel like he's had a very good roster for a couple of seasons. And usually the team has gotten results. But I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's symptomatic of something that he's doing or if it's just kind of one of those things where the talent on the roster is naturally good enough to, to carry that team through um, all sorts of deficiencies that they've had, like everyone getting getting older, and Brent Burns kind of drying up a bit, Eric Carlson's injuries. I, I mean, and that's the thing is, like, I don't really understand why you would go from Gallant, who is, is very clearly shown to be a very creative coach, um, somebody who adapted to his roster and got good value out of all of the forwards, and and generally showed a, a tactical awareness that a lot of NHL coaches seem to lack. I don't know why you would fire him after a short sample of, of things not going well, and then bring in a guy who really doesn't have a whole lot going for him in the win column. I Obviously, I don't really feel like team records should define a coach's tenure, but you also do need to see some kind of success, especially within the postseason. And in San Jose, yeah, they did make the finals, um... And the year that they lost to Pittsburgh, and they've been a perennial playoff contender, but you know goaltending has always held them back. And even then, there are games where they're just kind of mediocre. And this season, they were just bad, like terrible. There are certain things that they could do very well. Like I think their penalty kill is supposed to be pretty decent, but uh, you know everything else for this team has kind of been a mess. And I'm not sure why you would take somebody who just got pulled out of that situation and replace a guy who has been a pretty established coach for the Knights as established as you can be within like two and a half seasons, and and consider that like an even trade or an upgrade. It's not an upgrade in my opinion. Um, and this is not really a reflection on DeBoer's skill level or anything. I, I just think that Gallant, Gallant is the right fit for the Knights. And this move to me seems very premature. Uh, I'm not really sure if he had some kind of disagreement with the front office or whether his coaching style maybe graded on the players too much. There was almost no real, you know... Uh, lead up for this. It just sort of happened and dropped in our laps. And so I'm kind of puzzled because, again, Gallant's a good coach, and if he were to come to Winnipeg, I would welcome it with open arms. You know, he got dumped on the side of the road by the Florida Panthers. I'm not even sure that they called him a taxi. Um, you know, obviously he's got money to call a taxi, but that's it's not really the point. It's, it's more the symbolism, right? Uh, I, I would call a taxi from, all the way from Winnipeg. I know that, you know, Winnipeg doesn't have an airport, technically. Uh, but if the Jets were to consider Gallant to join the coaching staff, I feel like we'd see something very interesting happen with the Jets. I think Gallant would have a better handle on this roster than the coaching staff currently does. I think that he'd be a little more keenly aware of where things have gone wrong. 
if nothing else, he has been proven to have a generally positive impact on a team's defensive structure and offensive attack, which I think that Winnipeg needs a little bit of both. I think Gallant would probably try his best to shelter Winnipeg's limited blue line unit and also encourage the forwards to just stretch play and kind of go nuts. This kind of leads into the next part of the conversation, which is what does Winnipeg do with their current coaching situation and do they need to make a change? Um, I've long kind of been a little bit suspicious of Paul Maurice's approach to things because I think Maurice, look, he's he's a pretty okay, like average NHL coach under most circumstances if you have a talent with limited or a team with limited talent. But that's kind of not really where Winnipeg is. Winnipeg has um, a roster that prior to this season would have would have been considered a real cup contender. I mean, we saw how good it can be in 2018 um, when they when they went to the uh, the champion or well nearly the the cup finals and then kind of fell during the the uh, western Ch- conference championship round against the knights so you know i i think my opinion is maurice has a lot of drawbacks in the way that he wants to be a little too conservative with things i've talked about it earlier this season because it, it's kind of a consistent trend with him i think that he likes risk averse options but the thing with winnipeg is this team really can't afford to be risk averse the Jets just don't handle um, a grindy defensive style of hockey all that well. First off, they don't have a defense that can support it. If you had guys who could transition the puck and move it out, uh, Winnipeg might actually have a very different approach than what they've been doing. Um, but as it is, the Jets are kind of, well, they tend to park the bus a lot, which you see in, in, in you know European football teams, again, that sit back, bunker down, and absorb pressure before trying to jump out on a counter. But the Jets just aren't built to do that. The Winnipeg kind of has to do what they did against Vancouver last night, at least during the first period, where you kind of saw a little bit more aggression. You saw a really fast start. And yes, Winnipeg did concede a number of scoring chances, especially early. Um, and in the second and third periods, Winnipeg kind of kind of let off the gas. And in the third period, they really let off the gas. And Vancouver was uh, pretty close to at least you know scoring one or two goals, if not tying the game. Uh, Connor Hellebuck was good, and the Jets kind of got lucky. But all that said, I, I think that the first period that they had where they you know put very quickly put up a number of goals uh, and almost scored a few more if they hadn't scored illegal goals, uh, one of them unfortunately due to a, uh, a weird review that I didn't agree with. But I digress. I think that the overall approach for that portion of the game was good. I think that Winnipeg's idea for that was dead on. And so it kind of bugs me that there are coaching options who would be more suited to this roster but the Jets kind of seem to think that Maurice is the guy to lead this team to a cup. And, you know, if if Maurice went back to the way that he coached things and had them playing like they did a couple of seasons ago, I'd be okay with that. You know, obviously Maurice is kind of an NHL coach who's on the average side. Nothing too surprising with the way that he thinks about things. Um, he definitely values hard work, a gritty work ethic, and sort of commitment to his defensive style in the system. But... Whether that's the best option for the Jets, I just, I'm I'm not really sold. And if the Jets did replace him, it'd probably have to be in the offseason. I don't think that'd be a good thing to try and, and fire him midseason. Or if they did, you know, Winnipeg might claw back into a playoff spot more firmly. They're already in one now, but it's kind of a tenuous hold at this point. And so I'm just not sold on, on the direction that the Jets are currently thinking about. And Maurice is due for an extension, so... Uh, you know, if they if they resign him for a long term deal, I don't know that Winnipeg is really going to be all that special going forward. Uh, obviously, the defense is going to improve, and the roster should probably get better with some reinforcements. But 
if this is the kind of hockey that they play with limited resources, despite actually having an abundance of forward talent, how much better is it really going to get with, you know, more defenders, hopefully better skaters, and, you know, a second-line center who can carry this play? I'm just not sure. Maurice is only comfortable stretching the offense and having them play an aggressive style when he's comfortable with the roster being very deep. Otherwise, he tends to have them back off pressure and, and really sit deep and absorb uh, offensive chances against. And he likes to he says he likes to keep the, those chances to the outside, but it's obvious that Winnipeg's defense, especially in the slot area, hasn't exactly been stellar for most of the season. And, you know, with that being said, I just don't know how you really get rid of him and replace him in the same season when there are a lot of coaches who I really wouldn't say are an upgrade on his, you know, on his philosophy and style. If they, if they fired him just to bring in a guy like LaViolette, I really don't understand that because to me, LaViolette is a more defensively sound coach, but Peter kind of has some of the same offensive drawbacks where he doesn't really let the team attack all that much, especially in the low slot area. So I, I just don't know that that's really the best approach. The only reason that I would really think the Jets need need to move on from Maurice is if they had somebody who was more progressively minded, who kind of fit this roster. You know, someone like Gerard Gallant, I think, is the most natural transition. But Gallant will probably get hired by another team. I think Gerard has a lot of experience, um, especially dealing with a franchise that's brand new and an expansion team. So Seattle would be a, a good fit. He could also go to the Rangers for some reason if the Rangers finally decided to fire Dan Quinn. Um, he could be an immediately, you know, immediate fix for whatever the the Devils want to do. Um, the New Jersey team is kind of in a, a bit of a stalemate right now. But whether the Jets would actually move on from Maurice, I'm not convinced. I think that they like him. I don't see any indication that they want to make a change, even though the team is playing pretty crappy hockey, uh, especially over the past several weeks. I'm not really hearing any news about an alarm bell being sounded and Maurice seems to not really be in any danger of a coaching change. Obviously, no one's safe in this league, and I think that that, you know, in some respects is probably not great, but in other respects, I think that it's it's a better way to think about things. You know, to some degree, you do have to get results, even even if the process is, is okay. I think that you want to encourage uh, good habits and things like that. And Gerard Gallant's only, the only real firing that I would say um, arguably didn't deserve to be removed from office. I think that the other coaches that were fired kind of had to be. I mean, you, you had to fire DeBoer, Hines had to go, LaViolette had to go. I, I think that those are all acceptable. What is kind of weird is that the NHL keeps rehiring some of these guys. Like, if you hired Gallant, that's totally cool. I think Gallant would be a great fit for a lot of teams. But if you brought in, you know, LaViolette, DeBoer, any of those guys who are kind of like, eh, not really that inspiring to me, it just sort of doesn't really get get the juices flowing. I don't really feel any excitement about that. And so, you know, it, I'm sure Gallant will have a job very soon, probably not in Winnipeg. Much as it would be fun to see him with the Jets, I don't anticipate that being a thing. And for now, it just seems like the Jets are going to ride with, ride with what they have. And maybe that's the best approach because maybe there are no real good candidates other than Gerard and somebody else will sweep them up. Winnipeg gets tomorrow night off, which is actually probably a good thing because their next opponent is going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I don't know if y'all have been paying attention to the Tampa Bay Lightning, but that team got good again. Um, They've never really been a terrible team. I I mean, I hesitate to even say that they've really been bad. At worst, I feel like they've been kind of average. 
but they are back to, to, to whipping teams and really controlling play, scoring tons of goals, um, and getting enough saves to really carry the day. I think when you have guys like Anthony Sorelli, Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, I mean, there's just no way that you can say that that team is not loaded with offensive talent. And so, yeah, Winnipeg is going to have a really tough test. Um, and with the way that they played against Vancouver, that's not going to pass a second time. The Jets are going to have to be a little more open-minded, especially if they don't have a lead or if they're you know tied or something. The Jets are going to have to be comfortable taking risks. And Tampa Bay, whether it's on the road or at home, they're very good at you know taking advantage of your mistakes. So whether or not Winnipeg can overcome that, I don't know. I think it's going to be a really fun game. It'll probably be very wide open. I think that Winnipeg is going to very quickly find out that a defensive style doesn't work, especially if they open with that. I think that the way that they played against Vancouver in that first period is going to have to be something that they do. I think they're going to have to rely on Connor Hellebuck being... Um, the lead man in net, I think that they just need to roll with it. Obviously, it's not the best situation, and I think that they could run into trouble if they start making some defensive miscues and stuff, but it's kind of something that you just have to live with. I think my general sense about this season is, look, Winnipeg's defense is a train wreck, and I don't think that anyone can say differently. There's not a whole lot of structure. Um, The forwards try to support but don't do a great job of it, and so what Winnipeg is left with is just kind of like an uninspiring performance for most of the year but they're still pulling out wins because Connor Hellebuck is great and they have a functional power play again while still getting some some very fortunate goal scoring uh, at even strength and so I just I don't know I'm a little bit ambivalent about it at this point I think I don't really care about the record of the team so much as they play exciting pacey fast hockey I think that they need to just expand their game be willing to take risks have fun with it. This season to me is kind of a wash. If they make the playoffs, for me, that's more like gravy on top. I don't expect it. Not with the not with the way that they're playing right now. Um, if they can keep things competitive and interesting, I think that that is probably the best expectation one can have. Beyond that, you know, it's hard to say what this team is going to be capable of. It's all going to come down to Connor Hellebuck and whether or not this power play continues to perform. Um, certainly the even strength offense is kind of hit or miss. The power play at times has been hit or miss. The PK we also we all know is is just a gigantic loss. I mean, there's no way that the PK is capable of stopping goals. The only reason that uh, the PK improves is is when Andrew Kopp and Adam Lowry are both healthy and and using um, or being used on the PK to the most of their abilities. Otherwise, this PK unit struggles a lot. You know, Kyle Connor is not really a defensive forward. He can skate the puck out, but whether or not he actually does or sets up play. It's kind of a different story. He definitely doesn't force turnovers or anything, uh, and it's not frequent that he is able to create off of a shorthanded situation. So the rest of the guys, you've got like Lucas Abisa, Anthony Boteto. We all know that those two are, well, more of the shot-blocking type and, and not really high on the defensive IQ reads, so they're probably going to be responsible for concessions of scoring chances against. Um, and then as far as the forwards are concerned, you might call Mark Shifley or Blake Wheeler, I think Wheeler's at this point kind of slow, and I wouldn't put him up there. Shifley, uh, yeah, Shifley is kind of an odd situation because defensively speaking, he's a bit of a train wreck right now. He's picked up some real bad habits, and his puck management has definitely uh, declined over the past couple of seasons. Ever ever since that like 2017-2018 season, he's just not been the same player. And so whether you can really use him on the PK and trust him, I'd be a bit suspicious. Uh, and, and Winnipeg, maybe calls on like Mason Appleton. 
I'm not overly in love with Appleton's game. I think it's relatively simple. Um, Janssen Harkins I could see being used there. I think that Nick Shore is also an option. So Winnipeg could try and in-house some of the solutions to these issues. The PK is probably one that's not going to get fixed this year. I I don't even know. I mean, it's always been an issue for the Jets, but it's it's been especially bad this season. And Hellebuck being great really can't cover just how bad the PK is. So we're going to rely on him more at even strength than anything. Whether or not Winnipeg can figure out the PK with some, like a savvy trade or an acquisition of some sort, who knows? At this point, I'm just kind of accepting that the PK is going to surrender, you know, at least 30% of the uh, opportunities that they have. And that's not great, but it is what it is. Let's just hope the Jets don't concede, you know, uh, penalty or take penalties um, as much as humanly possible and stay disciplined. Their penalty count for the season has actually declined uh, compared to previous seasons, but they've started taking a few more in recent times. So let's hope that they stay relatively disciplined and keep the penalty count down because uh, PK opportunities usually end up in the back of their net. So with all that said, the rest of the year has a lot of surprises in store, I'm sure. We'll see if Maurice lasts. If the Jets start losing games left and right, I don't know if the fallback excuse will be that the defense is a train wreck and that's what they go with. If not, if they're you know wanting to hold him accountable, maybe they just let his contract expire during the summer and move on. Who knows? We'll find out. There were rumors that he was being linked to the Seattle job um, once the team uh, starts to activate in the coming season. But beyond that, the Seattle position is, is wide open. And I'm sure that teams would kind of look at Maurice's track record and think, oh, yeah, that's good enough. That'll work. He's a veteran coach. He's got, you know, he's done decently with a young roster that's fun and exciting and fast. Although if you dig a little bit deeper, you'll find out that things are not as rosy as they seem. But the broader league doesn't seem to be aware of that. So, yeah, I mean, there's some options. We'll see what the Jets do. I'm just kind of rolling with the punches at this point. I think that that is the only way that you can kind of stay sane especially watching some of the stuff that Winnipeg does. Let's hope for more fun, at least. And with that, guys, thanks again for listening. As always, have a great night, and go Jets go!